Welcome to Through the Keyhole, home of the Association of Laparoscopic Surgeons of Great Britain and Ireland podcast, putting innovation, technology and training at the heart of surgery. We want this to be a two-way dialogue, so join the conversation by emailing hello at ttkpodcast.com and do share with your medical friends. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to go on that journey of competence to mastery. And I'm delighted to have as my guest today uh, the great English batsman, Graham Gooch. Welcome to Through the Keyhole. Graham, thanks for joining me. Lovely to be here with you, Tan. It's an absolute delight to talk to you and uh, to to discuss um, the similarities between sport and your profession. And uh, I'm excited. It's like going to the crease to take the first ball. Yeah, well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll bowl the first ball. Um, I wasn't particularly fast when I was in my cricketing heyday. Um, But we do complex tasks in surgery, and and there are many unsung heroes in every single English hospital. And we all want to know how to maintain that performance, how to um, uh, avoid errors, how to effectively build a big hundred. Now, you did that so effectively. I've watched you. You know, you were, you were a hero of mine um, all the way through your career. And there was a definite transition. I would call it a sort of professionalisation of English cricket. Can you tell me about that? I, I think, firstly, I, when I started off um, way back in the 70s as a, as a sort of early 21-year-old, I, I, I had a certain amount of talent, um, um, my, my father would call it ball sense, uh, hand-eye coordination, all those things which you need in sport. And I, I, I would assume you need in other walks of life, perhaps yours as well. Um, so, but at the beginning, I had, I had ability, I had some skills, but I had no structure. I had no foundation, no management structure to make those skills work on a more consistent basis. So what would happen is you'd have... Um, good days and bad days and and you know some days it would all go for you and some days it would not and, and you wouldn't be successful with the willow and um, the way I like to describe it if I was sort of coaching anyone now or, or uh, alluding to what I mean is there's a difference between in cricket um, scoring a hundred yes and making a hundred Right, so when I say to someone, what's the difference? Some, some people might you know, come up with an answer. Some might say, well, I'm not sure what you mean. So scoring 100 for me is everything works for you on the day. It's your day. You have the, piece, you have the pieces, the slices of luck and stuff like that. You, you, you get the odd edge and it goes down and through between third slip and, and yep. gully and that sort of stuff. Someone might drop a catch and away you go. Making 100 is where you've got a foundation, you know how your game works. It might not be perfect today, but you you can be consistent, you can still make it happen, okay? Because you know your game inside out and you know how to apply the techniques and the different styles for different conditions, all those sort of things. So you need to learn that. And and I think to answer your question initially, I learned through my 20-odd years of playing 
how to evolve yourself um, as a player. Now, I was with David Gower a, a month or so back and we were discussing um, uh, this this subject, really, and, uh, and did a theatre show. And he said, well, in my career... I really stayed the same most of the way mm. through my career. I didn't have that sort of a ability to change, yeah. whereas I, I realised I had to evolve myself. So in the late 70s, I got fitter, stronger, yeah. running, got the fitness aspect all come in because that helps the concentration, that, that helps the, um, uh, the ability not to fatigue yeah. when you're on the job, and I'm sure that's important in your world. It's really important, and and I think all of those points you've said about making yourself better are very important. And I we have a little triangle that we talk about, and it's your physical health, your your mental health, and and that's that's the um, cognitive side of things, the decision making processes, your emotional health. You know, um, how are you managing outside the OR, your relationships, etc., and your spirituality of why do you get up in the morning to do this job? Because we are ordinary people doing extraordinary jobs in, in whatever field of work. So tell me about that that journey in the 70s and 80s, because the, the parallels between surgery and high-performance sport are, are so, you know, that's the reason we're, we're having this chat. Okay, so so, so as, as my career progressed, um, I played for England in the 70s and I got myself fitter and stronger. I started opening the batting, which made me concentrate more. And But but over that sort of next 10 years, decade or decade and a half, I evolved a system, which I think I, I've mentioned to you before, is there's four things that are important yeah. for me. And it would apply to other, other walks of life. One, you said about what makes you get up in the morning yeah. to do the job. So attitude. Attitude is number one. It controls everything. Second one is technical ability. So technical ability is different for every performer in any walk of life, but of course you can you can enhance that ability by working at those yeah. skills. Okay. Third one is knowledge. So what is knowledge in a cricketing sense? Um, knowing the bowlers you're up against, knowing what they do with the ball, knowing the grounds you're playing on, knowing the conditions, so that all your skills that you have in your tool bag you don't have to use certain skills on certain days because the conditions demand that. It's that preparation, isn't Correct, it? Correct, in your mind. Yeah. And the third, the fourth one, the most important one, I, I would imagine in my, in my world, and I'll tell you why, um, and probably more important in your world, if you don't mind me saying, is concentration. Yeah. Okay, so concentration is key for a batsman, not so much, uh, well, it is key for a bowler, but for, not for a golfer, a t- tennis player. All these people get a second chance, maybe 20 seconds after playing a shot. As a batsman, or a run maker, as I like to call it, because there's three of us sitting in this room, we can all bat, but can we all make runs? (laughs) That's the the question. Okay, so one mistake, basically, and it's the end of your day. Okay, so that has to be guarded against. So to that end, going, flipping it again back to the beginning, being fitter, stronger, yeah. more alert, you know, it gives you a better chance to concentrate. And uh, so that, that impacts on your whole world. So those four things I worked on continually, continually till the day I retired yeah. in trying to improve things and, and making myself a more complete player. Therefore, cutting out risk, yeah. um, Cutting out mistakes because 
in the cricketing world as a run maker, 85% of dismissals are batsman error, not good bowling. You might get a brilliant ball that gets you out once and that ball will get you out six times if it's bowled to you. But most times, good pressurised bowling makes you make a mistake, all those things. So things are things you have to guard against. So you need to learn that. You need to learn how to control yourself, what works for you, what don't work for you. So if, if I may take those things, so so the attitude is, is really important. And John Wooden, who I'm sure you, you know, the, the great um, American coach, uh, used to prefer players playing for his team that had great attitude, not necessarily the technically the best, because he could, he could make that technique. For us, in, in surgery, attitude is, is so important. It's, it's how you approach your patient. The, the, the technical skills, we have so many great tools. We have VR, you know, our nets are the VR and augmented reality boxes that we have, the, the simulators that we have, so we can do that. And preparation is really interesting because now we can prepare. We can prepare our scans. If I was operating on you, I could... I could look at your CT scan, reconstruct it, and I can do the operation over and over again. And, and we need that because all our, of our patients are different shapes, sizes, and mm-hmm. have different health mm-hmm. needs. And, and the concentration is really interesting. So a concept for the, for the listeners today that I would really like them to take away is the, the mindfulness in surgery. When I go into the OR, the door's shut, and I, used, I started my career loving to have music. I used to have music in the operating room. I thought it lightened things. But actually, I, quite, I just get into the zone now, so we don't have any music, and we try and keep phones out of the, the OR. Uh, but it's that mindfulness that this operation, you're concentrating on one thing. And as you, there's so much work out there in the surgical world of co- what's called consequential error. So you know, if you have a big nick and you get caught behind, that's obvious in cricket. And it's, you know, if, you, if you do something bad to the anatomy you know, you can have a, a bad time in surgery. That's right. But there are, there are some consequential errors where you may dissect in the wrong plane. You may do something wrong. And often there's no feedback, but the operation takes longer. The patient may suffer. And there's lots of work out there showing that people in the top quartile have fewer complications and those in the bottom quartile have more complications and, and we don't have any feedback. So those four tenets that you mentioned are really important to people listening. Yeah, I mean, I would say, obviously, concentration in your world is critical to yeah. the person. In my world, I'll, I'll be out and I'll just be sitting watching someone else bat, okay? So it's not yeah. so critical. But, you know, if you want to be successful, you've, you've got to cut out your mistakes. So concentration to me is a skill, Yep. Not a byproduct. Yeah. Okay. So tell me how you worked on that skill. Okay, I think you have to realise that one, you can't in cricket, in my world in run making, you cannot concentrate one hundred percent all of the time. Okay? Yep. You have to learn the, the main skill is to um, learn how to switch on and switch off. Okay, so the example would be when you're facing the bowler, you fake, you deal with the ball, you step out, you draw a line under that ball, yep. that ball's gone, the, the only important ball is the next one, mm-hmm. then you step in, you deal with that ball, whatever it is, if it's a defensive shot, if it's a, a scoring opportunity, you leave the ball, let it go through to the keeper, whatever it is, you deal with that one, draw a line under it and so on. When you're not facing and your partner's facing, yep. then... For me, 
I don't think about my technique or anything like that. I switch off completely. I think about the crowd, the scoreboard, my partner or whatever. So the principle being I'm resting my mind yep. just for a few minutes, okay, before my turn comes again and then I switch back on. And to keep that skill going for, you know, if you want to score 100 in a test match, maybe, well, they score them quickly nowadays, yesterday yeah. <laughs> they did, um, you know, 77, 78 balls, whatever it was. But anyway, I mean, generally, you'll be talking three, four hours. Yeah. You know, when I got my 333, 32 years ago, I hate to say that, uh, laws, I batted for 10 hours. Yeah, okay. So 10 <laughs> hours is a long time. Um, so it's a skill that's necessary you know, to, to, to make a big score and, or, to, or I'd imagine to, to complete, you know, a very long operation. Yeah. So, again, the, the fitter, the stronger, the more alert you are, the fresher you feel as a person. That's why you do the train, the fitness training, to give you more longevity in the mind, the way you can concentrate. And we said, you don't fatigue, you don't, you don't get tired so, so quickly, all those things. And people often ask me, well... And especially the old players, you know, you know, why, you know, how is running, how is training, how is all this thing going to impact on you hitting the ball? Well, it means I can hit the ball for longer, yeah, and therefore score more. That that's the basic truth about it. That's one hundred percent in in our world as well. You know, we 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 often I tell my trainees it's decisions, not incisions, that are most important for human health and surgery. And and what you've described is not going out there with the purpose of scoring runs. You've gone out there to set out the environment and the runs will come and I think we we go out there to set up the perfect you know our world of risk is 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 dreadful and if I think about it I get paralyzed um, about what we do but if I have a patient with a, a bowel cancer they've got lots of other comorbidities setting up that operation planning that operation and and being mindful at the time is really really important and and of course we have this added thing of having a trainee with us, so they have to learn as well. So they, they fly the plane at certain points, and as, as they get more experience, they do more of the operating. So it's, it's, it, it, I think the parallels are really important, but I think it's that end goal that you described. You, know, you, you didn't describe going out there and a number, I want 100. You, you described... Um, getting your concentration right, getting your fitness levels right, getting your preparation, because the, the number will vary depending on the day um, in terms of what you need. Yeah, I mean, uh, listening to you, the analogy would be that you think about what you're doing now, yeah. not about the whole operation, so to speak. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about the next ball, you know, the next ball and so on. I'm not thinking about I want to score 100. How do I get to 100? Right, I'm thinking about the next ball and the next instant. So when I go to practice, I'm not thinking about how I'm going to play in the match. I'm thinking about how I'm going to practice. Yep. My intention when I practice is to come out a little better out of the nets than when I went That's in. Yep. That's the goal, to come out a little bit better, to improve myself. Okay, To create, so in a sporting sense, and I, I, you, know, you can take what you want out of it, I try to create good habits, okay? That's yeah. important for a sportsman in my world with the no mistakes, okay? Because good habits, right? So when you practice, if you create good habits, like you can, so there's a saying I used to say, on the ground or out the ground. 
I don't hit yeah. the ball anywhere else but on the ground or out of the ground, like Johnny Best, yeah. though, yeah. Yeah. Um, in, this, in this last Test match. Um, um, so I don't skim the ball in the air, so therefore I can't get caught in the ring. I try and eliminate that, yeah. okay? Because with good and bad habits, if I create good habits, when I go to the arena mm-hmm. where it counts, I will take the good habits with me. Yeah. And if I spin the coin, if I have bad habits in practice... I can't just eliminate them when I go to the arena. Yeah. I will take the bad habits with me as well. Yeah. And I will not be unlucky if a mistake comes, I get caught at cover or whatever, if you see what I mean. Yeah. I've practiced that. So you've got to eliminate bad habits in your preparation. Was it, was so it you Gary take P- good habits with you. Was it Gary Player that said, the harder the pra- I practice, the, the luckier, luckier I, I get? get. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, that's right. I mean, you, you, cry, you try to create the system where... Uh, you know your game and you know how you can play. Uh, a good example would be when on the morning of a match, there is, if, when I was a coach and when I was a player, no coaching takes place. Mm. Okay, It's too late for coaching yeah. on the morning of a match. Yeah. I have to think about what's going to happen in the game, who I'm up against. So when I go to practice, I try to warm up my technique. Mm. Right? I'm trying to use generalities as, as opposed to yeah. how I warm up my foot, foot movement, how I warm up my eyesight, like the line of the ball yeah. in the practice net, you know, for 20 minutes. I do not practice for too long. Mm. If I see anyone practicing before a match for 45 minutes, do you know what that makes me feel? Yeah. There's something to matter. Yeah. yeah. They're not feeling confident because yeah. they're practicing for too long. You don't need that on the morning of a match. You've got yeah. to think about what's going to happen in the game. So all these things you know, go towards how you're going to perform. Yeah. There's no guarantee you're going to perform. Obviously, it's going to be your, your day or you're going to be successful that day. But you try and, you know, you try and eliminate all the what-ifs, if you see what I mean. And you then get into your routine of playing. Hopefully, you get over the vulnerable time at the beginning when you set, and then you get into a sort of a rhythm. And uh, as I say, you try and apply those good habits. So even in the modern game, T20 cricket, I think there's a science to it, you Mm. see. And when I watch T20 cricket, people go out there, you know, swing in a bit, you know, and I I don't think they play with a bit of science, but there is a bit of science to it. And above all, in my world, the one thing I have to do to go with those attitude, technical ability, knowledge and concentration is I have to have composure. Yeah. I mustn't get excited yeah. and I have to stay calm, if you see what I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, to apply all these things we're talking about. Yeah, you have to have that balance. So um, we're coming to the end of our time talking about yourself and, and how the parallels between um, high-performance sport can translate into surgery. So, Graham, what I've, I've, what I've learned uh, uh, from you is it's, it's about attitude, it's about the technique, the knowledge and the concentration. That's really, really important. Um, And I think setting up those systems is very good. What would you say uh, to your younger self in the 70s if you could do that now? What what key lesson would you say to yourself? Um, I would would only wish that I was wise enough to... Uh, learn quicker. The, the only competitive advantage you've got over the opposition is to learn faster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You might have heard that saying before. To learn faster. So to learn how to evolve yourself faster. 
um, you know, so, so that you, you know, you shouldn't be scared of change. I think you should embrace embrace change. I mean, if something's working, you, you, you don't have to change it, obviously, but you want to overlay something which might improve you. And, and as I said to you at the beginning, I think um, as a performer, in whatever walk of life you, you need to look to improve yourself, in our case every season, but every year, because if... If you try to flatline, if you try to maintain what you've got, I was successful, I'm happy with that, I need to maintain that, I don't think it creates the right attitude in your mind. Yeah. You should be searching for something better. Can I, can I be a little bit fitter? Can I, you know, can I have a better lifestyle, go to bed earlier yeah. and, or not, you know, not obviously drink alcohol when, or whatever or you know, any little thing that's going to improve you you need you need to look at that, you know, because I think it's good to be aim, aiming there aiming are marginal for gains that you can Correct. really improve yourself. But it creates the right the right sort of how can I put it environment in your mind. You you're looking to improve yourself, so you're not trying to you just hang on to what you've yeah. got. It's great brain training. Well, uh, Graham, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, I think there are a lot of lessons that you've you've taught our younger surgeons. Um, it's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being on Through the Keyhole. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining Through the Keyhole. You will find more interesting podcasts in this series, as well as online resources from the ALS GBI at www.alsgbi.org.